You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Well, good morning. So glad to have you with us. Hope that your day is off to a great start. And I'm very happy that you were uh, including us in that busy Saturday I know you have going on. You know, I have admitted to you before that I'm kind of a big old nerd when it comes to health and wellness stuff. I read all kinds of medical studies and research and came across some stats this week that were kind of alarming. Did you know 10% of Hoosiers have diabetes today? And that number, we're, we're losing the fight. It's going up. 35% meet the criteria for something called metabolic syndrome, which means they're on their way to diabetes if they don't do something about it. And once you have diabetes, well, a whole lot of bad things can happen. It is the leading cause of kidney failure, and diabetes' best friend is high blood pressure. 66% of people with diabetes in Indiana also have high blood pressure. Put those two together, man, that's just a bad formula for a sad decline into uh, health problems as you age. So, I wanted to bring in today Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care to learn about his sort of different approach to treating that problem. And, Doctor, what is wrong with the way that we treat diabetes today? So, I think a lot of it's just the focus. And I think uh, the general treatment of diabetes tends to be focused toward medications these days, which is obviously appropriate. But we need to start back at the beginning. We need to start back at how it started, uh, which includes a lot of diet and a lot of sedentary activities that we do as Americans these days. Sure. So being able to talk about those things, work on those things when people are diagnosed with diabetes is often overlooked because we're a busy society. We tend to not have a lot of time. We tend to you know, eat through drive throughs When we go to the doctor's office, we tend to be in a rush, and so does the doctor. Um, you know, 15 minutes is hard to really talk about a lot of the very basics. So they get to the point, medications, move on. And, you know, the focus is always and should always have been from the very start, but we've just gotten busy as a society. We yeah. move on to what's easy. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've heard, I've talked to other physicians who are critical of the practice in general of the of healthcare in general that were too addicted to the prescription pad. And that works on both sides, right? Patients come in, they expect a prescription, a pill to make me feel better. And with diabetes and blood pressure as well, uh, you really have to start someplace else. Your practice is designed a bit different. We've talked about that when you were here last month. One of kind of won't spend a lot of time there, but catch people up. You are a, a, a part of a movement called direct primary care where you don't take insurance. And your mission is to limit the number of patients in your practice so that you have more time to spend with patients. How does that play into diabetes care? Really, it just gives us more time to focus on those basics. We have more time to educate patients. So when patients come in, they oftentimes don't know a lot about 
the diabetes, what it is, um, how it's treated, what they can do um, to improve things. They oftentimes don't understand what it is in their diet that causes their blood sugars to go up. They often don't understand that just exercising alone can drop their blood sugars. Um, so there's those factors. And what we do in direct primary care is we spend more time with them. We give them the education that, and the tools that they need to understand what's really going on. Yeah, I think that's interesting. People don't understand what insulin does in the body and, and how all that works. And if I have to read my own blood sugar and take those readings, what am I really looking at? And, and how is, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, isn't there? Oh, for sure. When you have a patient with diabetes, walk me through that process. How do you, where do you start and what's the conversation like and what are you trying to find out? So most patients obviously, you know, know that have diabetes already, although, you know, there's a number of patients who are newly diagnosed diabetics. Right. And so those are the ones that, um, you know, get lost from the very get go. And so when a new diabetic comes in, you know, has new blood work, they have an A1C, which is the number that tells them what their blood sugar is over time. And it's elevated. Oftentimes, you know, you get sat down and you're, you're told that you're diabetic. And so maybe somebody in your family is diabetic. Maybe your friends are diabetic. And, you know, you're, you're kind of hit with that and understanding, you know, I, I know diabetic patients and they've lost legs and they've lost feet and, that you know, um, all these terrible things that go associated with it. So it's not a cancer diagnosis, but at the same time, it's a diagnosis that patients really um, don't understand. It's one that they really take to heart. And a lot of times it's one that they don't understand to a point that it, it kind of everything else after that glosses over. Oh, I've got diabetes. And, and so you, you have to give them time to process, figure that out, and then give them more education. But oftentimes when it happens in the office, you're told you have diabetes, you know, here's a prescription, you know, here's a blood sugar meter, check your blood sugars, come back in a couple of weeks to a month and, and let us know how you're doing. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's really tough. You know, people, you know, they, they get overwhelmed. So I'm going to spend time with you learning about what's causing all of this. And I think you said something just a moment ago that exercise alone can sometimes take you below that threshold and help actually cure or at least really effectively treat the diabetes. How much exercise are we talking about here? I'm going to be sweating it in the gym, you know, five days a week. What, what does it take? So really what it takes is just regular exercise. And what that means is, you know, whether that's 30 minutes of walking a day, um, you know, something very simple can get the, get you to that. I think most people don't understand that if they're overweight and that's part of the reason they have diabetes, if we can get them to lose, you know, 5 to 10% of their weight, it dramatically improves their blood sugars and oftentimes even can put them back below the diabetes category or to the borderline category at least to a point where we don't need to use medications we can do other things during that time to modify diet and other things to prolong the diagnosis or even prevent the diagnosis from coming for years or you know i mean some people are genetically at some point going to have it right but you know there's certainly some lifestyle things that we can do to modify that maybe prevents them from having it at all and I think that is part of the reason that you've designed the practice the way you have. You have a fitness center right there in your facility, and you also have uh, another team member, Steve. Tell me about his role and how he plays into diabetic care. 
Yeah, so we decided that part of you know the care, and, and oftentimes even when you go to the doctor, they they tell you it's time to lose weight. Um, and you know, I think patients that's not a new thing for them. They know, they understand that's you know they need to do it, and but nobody really tells them how. So what I designed in my practice was we put a gym with the practice and we put a personal trainer nutritionist in that gym. So when we walk them over there, you know, the personal trainer nutritionist, which is Steve, he walks them to the gym. He tells them how to do things. He'll do the personal training sessions with them. He'll work on their diet with them there. He gives them the confidence to use the equipment they might not otherwise know how to use. When people walk into a gym for the first time, they oftentimes look around and see all these people knowing what they're doing. And if mm-hmm. they don't know, they yeah. might go in and they might walk on the treadmill for a few minutes. They might mess around with the machines a little bit and they quickly realize they don't know what they're doing. Right. Then they feel overwhelmed again. Yeah. You know, they walk out of the gym and they don't come back. Yeah, no, you're so right. I go to a gym uh, usually a couple times a week and it's interesting. I see new people come through who are, well, let's just be blunt about it. They're large and they look unhealthy and then you don't see them again. Uh, so it's having that guy there to to guide you and be a partner in your process that makes a lot of sense. And do I pay extra for working with Steve and the nutrition and exercise side of things? No, that's all part of the practice. We think that you know everything should be included. Uh, this is part of your healthcare. You know the doctor's visits, the gym part, the nutrition part. That's all part of one packet. Don't want to piece that out because it's all important. Yeah, yeah, it is. Hey, we have to take a break. If you have a question for Dr. Jared Wegman, you can call 447-1190-800-333-1190. He's right here in the studio with me. We'll put you in touch. Or you can always send a text to 46862, and we'll get it in front of Dr. Wegman as we continue talking about kind of a whole body approach to treating high blood pressure and diabetes on the Healthcare Live Radio Hour on WoWo. You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. And we are back with Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care, talking today about uh, diabetes and high blood pressure and kind of a whole body approach to it instead of chasing symptoms using medications, because those medications are really a problem for a lot of patients, aren't they? Yeah, multiple levels. Um, Side effects, cost is a huge one, obviously, that they talk about with insulin and even some of the new medications that are out there. So that becomes very difficult alone for patients. Yeah, in one of my nerd sessions studying all of this, I came across a stat that uh, the cost of diabetic care averages to about $13,000. So if you have diabetes, your healthcare expenditure is an average of $13,000 a year compared to $2,300 for somebody who does not have diabetes. So if a couple members, you and your wife have diabetes, look at that. You're spending, you know, $20,000 a year more than you need to. So, just from a financial incentive alone, getting that under control is important. And we have a fax, uh, I mean, a text question here for you, doctor. What role does intermittent fasting play in your work with diabetic patients? So, I think the first thing about intermittent fasting to understand is intermittent fasting is not a diet, it's a way of eating. Because, you know, if you're um, fasting for a certain period of time and eating for a shorter period of time, you can eat eight Big Macs in that short period of time. That's not a diet. It's a way of eating. <laughs> yeah. So, for diabetics, you know, any way to lose weight and um, 
to make that happen. Intermittent fasting actually does work really well as long as you eat appropriately with it. I will say this, though. When diabetics are on certain medications, they can't fast for a significant amount of time because they're providing themselves with you know, insulin outside of what their body would normally produce. And to to counteract that, there has to be some sort of food on the other side of that. Yeah. So there are certain medications you can take in intermittent fast, but there are certain medications like insulin, for instance, that that makes it very difficult to do because you're giving yourself insulin and your body then doesn't have anything to do with it if there's no food there. So uh, just take a moment here and explain to me, uh, like you would to a new patient, what is insulin doing in my body and why is that so out of whack with diabetes? Right. So, you know, two different types of diabetes. The first one is type 1 diabetes, which is usually found in kids, and they don't create insulin. Their pancreas, which is the organ in your body, just stops creating it. And then, of course, type 2 diabetes, where you just become insulin resistant. You just don't make enough insulin for your body size. What insulin does is allows you to, to use the glucose. So, if you don't have the insulin around, you essentially can't utilize the energy related to that glucose. So, that's where the blood sugar rises in your bloodstream. Well, blood the glucose in your bloodstream is not usable inside your body cells where you need it. That's where it's needed to provide the vital things that we need to keep our body running. So if we don't have the insulin around, we can't drive that into the cells to make it work. So that type of explanation, uh, that time that you spend talking with patients about the function of your various body parts and how they aren't working in diabetes is something that takes time most doctors don't have, or most doctors I know they'd like to have the time to spend with patients, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, doctors don't go into medicine and train and do all these things to learn about all these things to not try to educate their patients. You know, we are teachers. That's what we're meant to do. And corporate healthcare insurance companies, the way medicine has been driven by just essentially dollar bills, um, has driven doctors, I mean, to leave practices, um, to not want to uh, provide primary care anymore, to either retire, move on to urgent care, move on to, you know, ER medicine where, you know, they don't have to see 30 patients a day and, and you know, kick people out in 15 minutes. And the ones that still do that really care about their patients. They really try hard. And they oftentimes, you know, they struggle through their day. They spend more time with their patients, which makes their next patient late, which makes the next patient late, which makes, you know, it makes a long day. And not only that, those physicians are sitting there after hours for hours doing the charting and the red tape on the other side. So their quality of life and their, I mean, their entire day and weeks are taken up uh, because they give everything to their patients. Yes, the last time I was at a, a primary care doctor, it's been quite a while, I have to admit, but he was spending more time on the computer than talking with me, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, just to get through the day, you have to, you know, there's certain things you have to document, there's certain things you have to put in the chart, and most of that isn't about your care. It's about meeting the check boxes that the insurance company requires to get paid for that visit. And so, since you don't take insurance, you don't do any of that? No, we provide the same care 
we just don't have to add all the check boxes to that. I don't have to, you know, document, you know, the little things that are really honestly has nothing to do with your health care. So do I still do everything that's appropriate? Of course. Do I have to do the red you know the red tape? I, I don't because I don't have to submit that to the insurance company. I don't have to provide the billing, you know, justification for the visit. I just have to provide good health care to you. How many patients are you seeing a day? So I currently see anywhere from four to five patients a day. An average full practice of direct primary care usually sees somewhere between six to eight patients a day. So if an eight-hour day, if you're spending an hour for each of those patients, that's a full day. But that's you know combined with days where you might see two patients. Mm-hmm. You know, not every day is like that in a direct primary care practice. That's uh, that's so mind blowing to think that I'm going to sit with my doctor for an hour and talk about healthcare. That's very important when it comes to high blood pressure. We didn't talk about that much. How do you focus on and how do you treat blood pressure differently than another might? So I think the first thing is just diagnosing the high blood pressure. You know, we um, traditionally, when the patient walks in the room. One of the things that happens in a normal doctor's office is you're waiting in the waiting room for 30 minutes, you know, past your appointment time. You kind of push back to the room. The nurse comes in. She goes over things. She immediately takes your vital signs um, and, you know, walks out. And then you wait a little bit while for the doctor again. So what ends up happening in that 30 minutes? Well, people get anxious. They get, you know, nervous. They Lots of things happen. They've got things to do they're that day. They're angry, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, oftentimes when they're really late, they're angry, right? So, um, you know, that's that's not the great time to take your blood pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally, what we would do is you'd come back to the room, you'd be calm, we, you'd sit there for you know five minutes. We would then take your blood pressure. So what I do in my practice is I come in. You know, we we take people directly back to the room. We sit and talk for a while. I don't take your vital signs until towards the end of the visit. Why? Because then you have a comfort level, especially as a new patient, because you know new patients don't know what to expect. That really makes them more anxious. So if you get time to sit down and talk to somebody first, get them comfortable with the visit, then you take their blood pressure. You get a better, more accurate reading of what truly is going on with them. And then, you know, past that, you know, if they're truly diagnosed as high, high blood pressure, then again, we go back to the basics. We go back, what is your diet? How much caffeine? How much alcohol? How are you sleeping? Sleeping plays a huge role into blood pressure, and I don't think people understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's, you know, what is your activity like? How can we increase activity for somebody who sits all day, who has a job that they have to drive around in a car, or who's in an office all day? What can we do to make those things better? And then we talk about medication. Wow. Wow. That's so much different than a typical practice. Uh, So, help me understand, because it is so different, you don't take insurance, so how are you making a buck? You've got a family. You've got to make a living. Yeah. So, we um, essentially spread that cost amongst the patients. Um, It's $99 a month for each individual patient, and that gives you unlimited access to care. And so, one of the things about that is, let's say you do get diagnosed with high blood pressure, and you need to come back multiple times over over a few months to look at blood pressures, change medications. Same thing with diabetes. One discouraging factor for people is this, if they have a copay for every visit they have to go back to or a, a deductible they have to meet where they're paying hundreds of dollars for each of those visits, they don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. So, with our practice, it's $99 a month. 
you get unlimited care for that month. You can be seen all 30 days of that month. We can go through things. You know, that's not what typically happens, obviously, right. but there's no discouraging factor for people to come back. That's that's so important because people do put off going to the doctor because I'm going to have to call and wait a month for an appointment and then it's going to take, you know, I'm going to sit in the, it's just a big hassle, right? Right. And part of the direct primary care model is that we can do a lot in the office and we can do a lot outside the office. So we provide them with my email, you know, my cell phone number. So if they want to call me directly, they want to text me, they want to email me, we can monitor a lot of things that way. They can send me their blood pressures. I can email them back to say, those are great, or this is what we need to modify um, to prevent them from having to leave work, for instance, you know, for another visit in the office. You know, they can literally email me, and later that day, I, you know, we make adjustments. Um, So, that saves people time and money, too. Sure it does. You bet it does. Hey, and speaking of time, we are out completely. That is Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care. You can find them online at indianadirectprimarycare.com. He is limiting his practice to the first 100 patients. Don't know where you're at in that count, but uh, might be a good idea, to, if you're interested, to take action soon. All right. On the other side of the half hour, why is it some people can be 99, 100 years old and still be healthy? How can you get in on that? That's coming up next on Health Call Live Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media.